All right, and you're ready. Uh, dedication time. So guess guess to dedicate it. Uh, I would say I'd want to dedicate this one to my family, who uh, I would say is responsible for me getting to the point where I'm at now in my acting career and um, everything up to this point. I would kind of say each individually, one of my family members has a hand to play in it. So nice. it's for them. Nice. All right, we're ready. All right, we're back with Andrew Stecker. Yes, sir. Is that how you say it? You got it. Is it? I love talking about names first. Is it? It has to be German. It is. Yeah. It really is German. Yeah. yeah so my dad's side, German side. Yeah. Even though I look more like everyone on my mom's Italian side. Yeah. I, no. <laughs> I'm starting to look more like my dad as I'm getting older. I found I just had some headshots I noticed, and I yeah. actually sent them to a chat forum that uh, just on my iPhone that uh, my whole family member. All my family members are on, and uh, I sent a picture of one of the headshots that I had, and I'm like, "This looks just like that. like I'm smiling, just like my dad smiles." And I do people like, do that too occasionally, like, like your mannerisms and your phrases? You no, know, these sound just like your dad. Do people do that occasionally? Too? Uh, my sisters call me out on that all the time when okay. I'll talk to them on the phone, or I'll, even when I just answer the phone, they'll be like, "Oh, I thought I did I call dad or did I call you?" <laughs> right. Like I don't. I'm pretty I, sure you called me. Um, I'm answering the phone, but that, I, I catch myself doing stuff like that a lot. But visual, yeah. like when I was younger, and I think even still now, I look like most of the people on my Italian side of the family. But yeah, my last name Stecker is German, and so you got also Italian too, right? Yeah, a little bit. Pitchley, right? on my mom's side, that's uh, my mom's uh, maiden name, Pitchley. Um Hundred percent Italian on that side, hundred percent German yeah. on the other side. So, so you never went hungry. Uh, no, no. Every time, yeah. Every time on the Italian side, uh, even on the German side too, it's it, you leave a house with, you know, Tupperware contain, containers mouth. of food, yeah. and yeah. just like you're like, oh, I think I'm gonna head out. Do you want some food? Yeah. yeah. Just hold your hands out and just take whatever, whatever anyone's giving you. <laughs> Do you got a favorite kind of Italian food? Or just mm, uh, pasta. Anyone who knows me right now that's listening would say pasta. Just, just pasta. I used yeah. to live off of pasta until I discovered that there's more than just pasta. <laughs> Um, but yeah, pasta would always what? be a big thing for me. It'd be like almost every day I'd have yeah. some kind of meal of pasta, which isn't good. You need to you need to variety up a little bit. Yeah, I always say like when you film a movie, first thing I think about is how you get to feed them. And I think Italian mm. food would be great. You oh yeah, say, yeah, definitely. Anybody yeah. who's looking to get me on board, just have some Italian food waiting and have some pasta, and I'll be fine. Just give yeah. me any kind of food. I don't care. Like I was just on a set yesterday, yeah. and there's you know just, just if there, as long as there's food available, I'm not too picky. Right. Yeah, like, I prefer healthy food. You know, doesn't uh, not just Cheetos mm-hmm. and I mean pizza, <laughs> Cheetos and Diet Coke. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I mean, take I, forty I can, on Cheetos and Diet Coke. Yeah. Those can work for a time, but I'll, <laughs> but yeah, like pasta that would always be top of my list. Well, I, I always think that's why Martin Scorsese has great films because he always had his mom make food for everybody on set and she I would just hear that. Yeah, yeah and she would just constantly just feed everybody that's why i think they were all just they didn't that's have to worry about the only reason why anyone would want to work with them <laughs> right. not the talent not the <laughs> nothing else right. just because of the food all right so we, we're here with andrew stecker um thanks for coming this is like we, we try to 
navigate schedules and most like most actors these schedules are kind of a little bit erratic but it was nice to get I'd, in here. i'd love to say it yeah. was because of like work and that it was because of filming schedules yeah. i was just on vacation a lot for a while there i uh i went out to virginia with uh, my girlfriend casey pearson Shout wait out the to state me. virginia Yes. Not the city. There's because there's a city. Is there? There's a city in Minnesota called Virginia. Oh. So I always get that Maybe confused. Maybe everyone that I've told from yeah. when I came back to now thinks I was just talking about Virginia, Minnesota. <laughs> right. I didn't yeah. know that. There's, think, yeah. Well, there's a movie called Virginia, Minnesota. And I think that's because that's the location. I think very few, very few know people that know that there's a city called Virginia, Minnesota. There's yes. also a city called Wyoming, Minnesota, too. Wow. I should have brought a notebook to take notes. From all this information, so you're, you're throwing probably down. People thought you went up to went up. Just yeah, went. maybe, and I'll have to try, trace back to everyone I told and say, like, you know, I meant the actual state, Virginia. Okay. So you were, you went to the state, Virginia. Yeah, yeah, I went out there with uh, my girlfriend's family, um, and her sister is a Irish dancer, and she was uh, performing in a show no called Celtic Fire that uh, was performing at Bush Gardens. Awesome out there, and they they do about like four or five shows a day, and we went to. All of them except for skipping one, perhaps. So they just they they do it consist- yeah. consistently all day. She's been there for a um, couple months, I believe. She's got maybe one more month. I forget exactly. Um, but uh, then she'll come back. But we were there um, to see her. Go to Bush Gardens and enjoy the awesomeness that's there. We went to Colonial Williamsburg. We went to the Jamestown Colony of Virginia, and uh, we did that on the fourth and through that yeah. entire week as well too. So we got to be uh, at Colonial Williamsburg <clears throat> on the actual fourth of July. And we were all prepared to uh, see the fireworks because, you know, it'd be like right. some big fireworks going yeah. on. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then we got chased out of there by rain. It was <laughs> it was beautiful all day. Hot as hell. It was uh, 95. And I think it said uh, with humidity feels like 140. Yeah. And it yeah, it did. I'm actually wearing shorts that I bought specifically for that trip. I've never been a shorts and tank top guy. I lived in those while I was there. That's all I wore. But uh but yeah, it was great. It was an awesome time. We did that, and then I came back for like a couple of days, and then went on vacation again up in northern uh, Wisconsin at my family's yeah. cabin that's been in the family for generations. And uh, so yeah, I wasn't working. I was just on vacation, you having just, a blast. You, need, you needed a decompress. Right? <laughs> sure, I guess. I feel like I still need to. I came back. Yeah. Like sometimes vacation, they're not stressful, but the travel can be. I almost didn't make it back from Virginia. I was. Yeah. Uh, well, you guys, did you guys drive? No, we flew. We okay. flew out there. Um, I bought my ticket separate from them, so I uh, had a later. I had the same. I had a different flight than on theirs. They all kind of, yeah. I think, had similar flights, or at least uh, they bought them in advance well enough, so I think they were all at least on the same plane. But on the way back, um, my separate flight again when we were leaving to come to the Twin Cities, um, come back home, my flight was delayed and then canceled, um, and it was because of weather. There was some weather travel that was coming through there. And I had a smaller plane, and they say that they needed to clear up air congestion. So the smaller plane, unfortunately, yeah. since it doesn't deal as well with uh, flying conditions and weather, had to be grounded. So I got, I got grounded. And then, ironically enough, uh, my girlfriend's family's flight... Okay. had a technical issue and theirs got canceled too so both of our flights got canceled for different reasons the only two flights out of that whole airport coming out of virginia and uh so i had i had to take a later flight um stated the i, I if it's weather they don't give you any accommodations they don't give you any food vouchers right yep so i unfortunately um decided to take an earlier flight rather than a later flight uh slept for maybe two hours in the airport um and then the first flight that I had that was flying out there that I took was an hour delayed for whatever reason, the fuel truck wasn't arriving. And I had about an hour and 10 minutes once I arrived to 
Miami airport that would then take me all the way back home. And so you had a from Virginia fly to Miami. Yep. Then that was go the, that home. was the, uh, that was the replacement flight from right. the original and got to Miami. <clears throat> I had 10 minutes to get from gate E45 to gate D4. And right when I got off, it was like, <clears throat> excuse me, it was like yeah. something out of a movie. The ladies like helping <laughs> oh. everyone as they're getting off the plane. And she's like, where are you connecting to? Where are you connecting to? Because, you know, these are all people needing to connect somewhere. Yeah. And she's and everyone's just like here. And she's like, oh, you got to get here. OK, they go. And I'm just like, uh, I'm connecting to uh, Minneapolis. Or I'm, I'm connecting here through to get home to Minneapolis. And she looks at me like. Ooh, ooh, that's not good um, when they do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm, and no. I know what she's saying. She's like, "Well, it's it's uh, you have to get to um, E45." Uh, well, you're at E45. I forget what it was. E4, one of them was E45, and the other one was D4 that I needed to get to. So basically, I needed to run uh, yeah. 45 gates to the next terminal over. So I just took off. She's like, "Do you want to?" There's a flight coming from. Da- you can go to Dallas in five hours and then go home. And I'm like, "Bye!" And I just started booking it. <laughs> And I just was like, and I was full yeah. out sprinting as fast as I could, like not just jogging, like I do jogging and that's kind of fun and casual. Well, with had, all your stuff carrying on too. Well, yeah, I, had, yeah. I, had a, I had a backpack and it's uh, and it has like the claps in front. So I just would click, click and I just took off running and 45 gates, the longest connecting hallway between terminals that I've ever seen. And I got mm-hmm. all the way, thankfully it was only D4. So I got there right when they're closing the door and the lady's like, where are you flying to? And I'm just, Minneapolis. <laughs> But yeah, I've done the I've done the racing thing from o- O'Hara, and it's ridiculous. Is it? But because it's all jagged, right? I don't I, O'Hara. Yeah, yeah, O'Hara's. Yeah, nice. I've never. Yeah. It's so many people have had have told me their horror um, stories from yeah. being with flights and missing flights, and I've never had one. So I finally do, and it's it's great to be part of that club. <laughs> so uh, now you've been doing you done movies. You yeah. written movies. Mm-hmm. Have you directed them? One. Um, so you've for, directed, I've got, I couldn't remember, I'm trying to get yeah. my bearings, but you, you've directed one also. Yeah, yeah. it was uh, for Z-Fest two years ago. Um, okay. I wrote, directed, and starred in because, you know, when you do all that, you you cast yourself as the lead character. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you're an actor. Yeah. Um, and I uh, just wanted to, I've, I've always loved writing. That was always kind of my... Um, was that really the start of it? Writing? Writing kind of was when I was younger and I... Just I've always had I've always been the creative side of my mind has always been number one for me. When I was growing up and going through school, I was doing so much better in classes like art, um, music, and even gym class because I was you know fairly athletic. And then everything else, I just kind of was it was just a struggle all the way through. So I just excelled yeah. at anything that was creative. So writing was just a a way that I could just express myself in a way because I was a very quiet kind of reserved kid. I was teased a little bit of a daydreamer. What's yeah. it? A little bit of a daydreamer. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Like I, over here. I would, over here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I would be doodling in my notepad. Like most of my notebooks would have like a few notes and then just yeah. three pages of doodling or something. Like I, I had a comic book that I wrote myself too. It was just <laughs> yep. a, yeah. a kid comic called Bobby's World. And then like maybe five years later, the actual like cartoon, I think that's called. Are Bobby's you kidding World me? Really? <laughs> and I was like, what? As a kid, I'm like, do I need you to get a lawyer? Hey, you're like, you stole this. So who's, who heard me write this? Because I didn't show anybody. Yeah. This is mine. <laughs> So it, really academics is kind of, it was, I can relate because it's really hard to, you wanted me to sit in this chair for six hours and f- concentrate, right? Yeah. 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 And while I can think of other things I want to do, I have a whole story and a whole lot of concepts and stuff See, like that. See, I didn't that, have but, any direction of what I would yeah. wanted to do. I just, I could, I, those things just, uh, and it's interesting, like I've talked to um, my girlfriend because she and her siblings were homeschooled. Oh, and, really? And okay. I was not. And 
they all have gone into uh, directions of you know of more artistic directions of just creative directions um she's my girlfriend's a makeup artist you know and she's also yep. working in front of the camera as well um she also danced herself she was an irish dancer when she was younger too okay um and then her sister is continuing with irish dancing and being very successful um and her brother's been doing a, a lot of political uh type things in the area too um has been making some great waves he's been on tv a couple times as well oh, wow. with interviews awesome. and such all so right. they're all um doing fantastic in the areas that they are and, and uh, i look up to them each for individual reasons just witnessing how they've progressed through uh, being homeschooled and then thinking about how I went through my school. I was a very sensitive kid um, and I was teased and made fun of a lot and it was uh, it was very difficult for me growing up and I sometimes wondered had I been homeschooled would that have uh, nurtured the more creative side of my mind to explore it more sooner than I have because I only started acting when I was like 29 after okay. I moved here from Wisconsin and uh, only then started to try and pay attention to the creative side of my mind again and then a whole world opened up where I, you know, was acting and finding success there. And then I was also writing again. And I started what we were talking about just to start on this conversation with yeah. uh, started writing. I would write short stories and I would try and submit them to like online publications um, before I moved here. So then I've taken some of those short stories and started writing them into screenplay format. Okay. Because that, that yeah. came that ended up being the one that I was just talking about that I wrote, yeah. directed and starred in for Z-Fest film. Because are you kind of the person that writes? Did you just pour that all out, or you have to do outlines, or um, do like little index cards? I tried a little bit of both. Uh, I started. Okay. I, I did a couple of stories. I tried to what I called unearth the story. As I started writing it, you just start discovering the story as you went along. Yeah, and that's fun. But you can. That's really fun. And a lot of writers that probably works for them. Um, but so much of the. Uh, ways that I educated myself, like watching YouTube videos and um, found some online education that were like free courses on writing and reading books on uh, screenwriting and just story, the art of story in general. Uh, they say that can work for someone, for some people, but I don't do that. Most of them were all, all in agreement that they, they don't do that. They like to have like a format set up for like, you know, what takes place in act one, act two and act three. Because um, I met a lot of want. people who, have a disdain for outlines i just go mm -hmm. and figure out what it's going to take me or some people i need to do an outline to figure out where because i got it's fragmented i want to fit certain things into it sure but um i'm pretty much this is my first time i written my for my book and i i pretty much just spilled it all out mm -hmm. and then i cut it and then i had to do okay this has to be fragmented you know piece it all together that's why how i use my outline okay but um did you ever use index cards no i haven't haven't yet used uh, index cards um i've only recently finished a uh feature-length screenplay my first attempt at a feature-length screenplay well not my okay. first like i've done it's my first completed attempt because i've started probably like many started a few and then yeah. gotten to a point where i'm like oh this sucks or you know just <laughs> it's going in a different direction than i had initially intended and um, the one screenplay that I finished now has like a couple branch off stories that were what I had probably tried and attempted to before. But um, this one, I tried to map it out a little bit more so with an outline and kind of had an idea completely throughout how I wanted it to get to. And I had an ending that I knew I wanted to arrive at. Um, and I was able to do that just recently, though, a couple nights ago, I was yeah. um, maybe trying to get to bed at around like one or two a.m. and then had an had an idea in my mind of something I wanted to change that would that would kind of really change the entire story as a whole and I'm like 
oh, that'd be awesome if I switched this up. Like if I add, if I added just a couple different elements. Okay. But dang it, now I have to start all over. <laughs> Not start all over. I just I'll have to yeah. switch up a few things. And, and I was like, oh yeah. man, like that's a better idea than what I maybe had originally. So I'm I'm still working with that. But uh, but yeah, I haven't used index cards just to get back to your main question again. So the, you already answered my next one is like you already have an ending in mind or you work up to it. Sounds like you already have come kind of ending in mind before you even begin. Mm-hmm. Um, do you do you start with like in a character or you work a kind of a ne- like a and kind of like a core of a story first, or you start with like a character first. I think I start with a core of a story is what seems to have been the case for me and uh, what I've attempted to do so far. Um, and then I'll start to place characters around it, I guess. Okay. Um, at least thus far, that's how I've done it. I'm, I might, you know, do it different ways down the road if I continue on with it, which I would hope I'll be able to do and want to do. So when you, like, when you do auditions and acting, do you, you really digest the screen, the whole the sides and all that the, the screenplay when you get because outside of acting, you mm-hmm. know, outside of outside of writing, and you read someone else's writing. Do you look at it as from a writer's point of view, or like an actor, or how do you pr- approach that? Well, I'm, uh, there's probably two different ways I, I look at it. I, okay, uh, just I yesterday um, was actually had a little bit of an experience with that too because I uh, was filming um, a short film. Uh, yesterday out in, uh, I won't remember the name. It's uh, Marine in St. Croix. I know. Is that right? Yeah, okay. I know. Um, we were out there filming and I found myself uh, not until was that I was on set and starting to really take in the story scene by scene was I like um, starting to, um, in my mind, not rewrite it, but think how I maybe would have written it or sure. Yeah. And, uh, and not would have like totally changed anything. I just would have added things here and there. So I couldn't help but think like if this was something that I was writing, how I would change it. And I don't want to do that too much. Like I've only recently started having experiences with that. Cause I've been getting more serious about writing and I haven't been doing a lot of film acting as much, which is uh, harmful to my soul because yesterday it really kind of, it reminded me that feeling that I get of just that coming alive feeling that I can get when I'm uh, when I'm actually yeah. doing the work and just striving for that excellence that I don't really want to ever achieve, but I just want to keep trying. For. It must be like it's a hard balance because you want to you want to be creative doing your whole writing, but then you, somehow you feel like you're neglecting another avenue for your creative, like acting and all that. Well, thankfully, I haven't yeah. really thought of it in uh, terms of like that so much. Um, it just came at a point where. I was auditioning still for lots and lots of things and okay. just was, I was getting maybe callbacks here and there and just wasn't landing any of the roles. So I was just switching a focus somewhat to, Hey, I can nurture this creative part of my mind and start writing, um, writing something that I've maybe always wanted to write. And then that my, it kind of just switched. So I was still auditioning. Sure. Okay. Um, I just didn't have any other projects that I was uh, immediately working on at the time that was taking my attention. Yeah. Primarily. Can you, um, can you are you comfortable with having somebody else read your stuff before you you know I've sent like it to for, yeah I I <clears throat> um I said it like my my girlfriend had read it cuz she's um a grammatical guru and just just she, <laughs> she yeah. uh she's my personal autocorrect in all ways and she probably yeah. would even correct autocorrect sometimes she's a better autocorrect she so she mm-hmm. um not only with that it's like she'll she sometimes asks like do, do you want me to read this and 
let you know if I find any grammatical errors or any yeah. spellings, yeah. or do you want me to just focus on the story? Because like I don't want to start critiquing uh, that if like you just kind of want me. I'm like either one because I I would want to make sure I have those correct as well too yes. to make it look more professional and and I've gotten better at that. That is something I've had to get better at over the years. Um, but uh, but I don't mind other people. I'm very I am very protective of it. So um, there's. I'm not just handing it out to anybody, but um, just right. a few select people who I trust and know that I can let into my little world uh, is that there's only been like a few people who I have um, let read this one that I've been nurturing and working on. Do you also read novels? Like fiction? Not as much as I would like to, I would okay. say. I uh, have in the past and I just I haven't been able to do uh, a lot more reading. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I would definitely say fiction then, just because it, yeah, it's. Uh, I like the the made up worlds, or at least the worlds that are based in reality that you can make little adjustments to to make it uh, yeah. a little less of a reality. You know, because I, I, that's what appeals to me is um, movies in general, where you can see a world that you um, can believe is real, but also is just a little different than the world that you're that you're used to you know the it's not a boring world but the the world that you're just seeing every day yeah and it's nice to think of there being something a little abnormal that can happen about it you know i like comic books and i, I love gossip yeah, yeah anyone who's listening if you haven't seen the uh <laughs> it's instagram, on instagram everybody yeah, you gotta you, check you, out this room it is fantastic but i i, I love batman but I, I'll, I would never live in gotham city Oh no! no. <laughs> no I love reading about it. I love reading about it. But you, you, the risk no. of taking the city bus. Why do people still live there? <laughs> it's like it keeps getting blown up time after time. Bad in Metropolis. It's How do like, you know it's Halloween? Like why? Did, like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's every night. It's Halloween. Yeah, it, it's it's hard to know. It's hard to judge what time of the year it is. Yeah. But yeah, the, those places are... Why are people still living here? There's one graphic novel about Batman. It's called The Long Halloween. And the whole premise is, how do you know it's not Halloween? <laughs> Every night there, it's pretty much <laughs> Halloween. And everything is going to hell. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so, I, well, the other... I was going to navigate to the next question is... Um, with outside of film and stuff and not reading but how about documentaries? Do you ever watch those or... For I film? do. I actually... Um, I try and educate myself a lot and documentaries are a way that I try to do so because, um, uh, like I said, when, when I was younger, I couldn't really retain a lot of information. So I give myself a lot more crap about that than I probably should, but I feel like I should know more and know and be more educated on certain topics. So I'll watch documentaries just for the sheer uh, purpose of trying to educate myself on yeah. things and just be more knowledgeable. Um, I mean, with a, with a regular schedule, do you still go to movie theaters? Oh, totally. All the He's, time. Yeah? I mean, I haven't done it as much as I guess I would have used to in the past, but there's always movies that I want to see um, that, uh, say, my girlfriend and I will uh, go okay. see, you know, this here, that there. Like, we'll usually wait for a day where schedules line up well enough and um, we're able to just uh, be able to go together. Yeah. But... Uh, but yeah, I still love going to the theater. That movie theater popcorn keeps me coming back every time. It was fascinating. If I can share my experience, I went to see A Quiet Place. Oh, I love that. That horror movie. I love that. And I was really super nervous because I've been going to movies, you know, for 30 years. And I saw it was packed. I was like, oh, somebody's cell phone's going to go off. <laughs> somebody's going to scream. Mm -hmm. Somebody's going to disrupt the whole, I want to be sucked into this movie. And I was just 
the anxiety. I'm just somebody's gonna break it for me. But, in the entire movie, nobody said anything. Yeah, I, I was hearing. I didn't go to the theater for it, but yeah. I was hearing stories from people of the exact same thing where someone crunched like a kernel of popcorn. I think John Krasinski was doing an interview or such too yeah. afterwards, and he would say that people had the the experience of someone would like. No, like you ruffle their bag and other people would be like, shh, quiet. I that, hear you. You had, you had to dissolve the popcorn in your mouth. You couldn't, <laughs> you couldn't make a noise because that was the whole emphasis of the movie. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciate that. You know, it's, it's a packed house, but everybody wanted the experiences. They shared experience of just, just be quiet. So, yeah. yeah. It seemed like it was shared yeah. amongst everybody. Like I, I, yeah. I adored that movie. I thought it was great. And the, the process to which it was made um, was really fun to find out about that's another thing i love doing is i love uh, finding out how movies were able to get made not just to just to be educated in like how it can happen because it seems to be it's always different it's always different how a movie gets made um but just the process of like when someone had the idea and how they wrote the screenplay and then what they did with the screenplay and got it in front of say the people that they did it seems to be always you know a lot of people with connections and just how who have established themselves in certain fields to which they um can delegate it to other people to which to get it you know to the degree of where they um yeah. find the success that it, that it does but and then i always also do that with actors too i'll find out how this person got their start and like what did they move out to hollywood or did they you know say we're in an indie film and was kind of discovered that way yeah. i love finding there's so many variety of avenues there. right yeah yeah just because it's fun you know it, it gives me a sense of hope maybe in the same time for anything that i've written or um, and acting wise, anything that I've done where it could be seen, say by the right people, I just, you know, I think any, anybody who's, uh, listening, who's say an actor or a writer, you, you kind of have that same hope, but also you're just loving what you're doing in the moment. That's what I always try and hang on to as well. Just loving that I'm doing it now. I think, um, Dustin Hoffman was doing an interview at one point and he was saying that even if he didn't have the success that he was, that he has reached at this point in his career, um, and it's easy to say when you do have that success that yeah, he would yeah. still be doing it however he could, you know, like at a small theater somewhere. And I can I can understand, I can totally understand that. I do want to reach a certain level of success. I'll always be hungry for, um, not just to reach like, you know, say a Hollywood caliber movie and work with Hollywood caliber people. I would love that, absolutely. I would never turn that down. But it's the... So for acting wise, it's the searching for something new, right? Or something, something new, the, the, the truth in a scene, like with what I was working on yesterday, cause it's fresh in my mind. Um, there's the character I was playing is going through depression and he's having, um, thoughts of suicide and it shows him dealing with that. And I was just really, uh, and I've unfortunately had my own experiences with that when I was younger okay. and actually, um, came pretty close to making some unfortunate decisions and luckily I'm still here and sitting yeah, here talking very, to you. Yeah. Um, I didn't get extremely dangerously close, but I was very much aware that I, I was, I was aware of the warning signs that I was heading in that direction. So okay. I was able to kind of cease and desist, but it was a very important topic to me that we were, um, what we were filming in that one. And I was just really searching for the truth of that character to be, to be, uh, to be there, to, to be visual, to be uh, visible by any of the audiences who'd be watching it. Um, and just for myself, like it doesn't, I, you, you do think of the people watching it, um, who might be watching it. Uh, but you want to, you want to have a credibility for even for yourself. For my, yeah, yeah. Just so I myself feel like that I was honest with that performance, that I myself was um, living the truth of what I feel for myself that character was really going through based on my own experiences so that is what keeps me coming back to things not so much to be more successful every time i do something 
that's in there because I want to keep building upon what I'm doing and be more successful. I want to do this for the rest of my life and I would love to make money to which would allow me to do this for the rest of my life. Of course. Yeah. But, uh, but it's, it's finding that, that honest truth to a character that I, um, that I want to find that I want to find myself that I just, I want to be able to translate onto film. When you, when you watch all the works, um, do you get a kind of sense of when you watch another, like a film or a movie, like, I know, I know how that kind of can kind of sense how it could be written or you sense how it can be directed or something like that. Can you re- almost sense the lines as you see the movie when you as a writer? What do you mean that? It can almost like you can read the transcript when you watch it or something like that. Or You can see how like this was exactly how it was written? Yeah, or, or something, something like that. Or, um, I can identify, if this is kind of what you're asking, I can identify moments where I can tell that was probably an ad-libbed moment. Yeah, so yeah, that was. I'm, I'm sorry, I no, get no, awkward. That, yeah, if that's what you were saying, like I can totally recognize because it that, is awkward. Because when you're right and you want something that doesn't sound like writing, but you put in the script, people are like that's ridiculous, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. <laughs> or but like, why is he chewing on a sucker? I just want to right, right. That sounds weird when you put it on paper. Yeah, but when you when somebody naturally picks it up as an actor and just does it, and it's not in the script. It gives a sense of authenticity. It's something that you can't really write into sometimes. Yeah. It, you yeah. don't get the full feel of it if you're just reading it on a page when you're right, seeing yeah. it in the, you know, the atmosphere and the environment, the universe that has been created, then it sometimes makes complete sense where it doesn't yeah. on the page. Have you tried, think, do you think about comedy when you write? Even though a lot of stuff you haven't done is comedic in sense. Yeah, I've, I've, I did a com, like a comedy film or two and, and I love to laugh and I love watching comedies. I tend to gear more towards uh, serious and heavy content type stuff. Like yesterday with the uh, the film I was talking about dealing yeah. with depression and suicide. Like those very much appeal to me for some reason. Um, and I haven't figured out fully why yet. And I don't know if I ever really need to figure out why because I just no. know that that's, that's, uh, that's where my mind tends to go. Most of the stuff that I write is more on the serious side. But okay. it's, not, it's not usually too heavy. It's, it's more lighthearted. Um, type things like the screenplay I referred to earlier is a it's a sci-fi story based more so in a real world environment Um, and it's somewhat more of a drama so a like drama sci-fi is what you could say Um, but it definitely has moments of like comedy to it so it's like a lighthearted one it wouldn't it wouldn't be like a intense rated r heavy content wise type things well i think a lot of people especially creative get tone and theme mixed up they think the tone has to be dark so the theme has to be dark and that doesn't doesn't have to that's a good play i think that's what gets Zack snyder in trouble because he thinks all the tone's going to be dark i have to have the theme dark and yeah he doesn't he can't really differentiate but right i think for you i think you like to have the theme kind of dark but doesn't have to mention you know it doesn't always have to be so dreary of a tone right sure yeah yeah definitely i just for acting wise that's the the direction i've gone just is more serious content like i i've tried like i said i've done a a few of the comedies that i have i I don't know. I just didn't really buy my comedic performance so much or something. (laughs) I I don't know why. I just didn't feel like I fit that uh, comedy mold. And maybe, and that's just my own critique of myself, which I, I I do constantly. I'll be listening to this at home and I'll just be critiquing myself on what I said too. That's just how I, that's just what I do. I try not, I'm trying to do it less and less, but, uh, but yeah, I just, I, I've always felt more comfortable and just been drawn more towards, heavier dramatic type things film wise and acting wise all right we're going to take a little break with andrew and more back with all the all the creative stuff so gotta get the ads out hello everyone this is ryan l terry screenwriting lecturer film critic and yeah even figure skater 
Known by my monikers Podstitute and Podhopper, you may have heard me on some of your favorite shows such as Mike, Mike, and Oscar, One Movie Punch, In Session Film, Blockbuster Mentality, Movie Geek and Proud, Just So You Know, and more. And I would love to sit down with you on your show. Whether we are talking about my area of expertise, the American horror film, chatting about what we are watching on TV, or diving deep into a classic or underrated film, I would love to make time for you. You can follow me on Twitter at RLTerry1 and on my blog at RLTerryRealView.com. That's real with two E's. Thanks for listening, and I look forward to connecting with you soon. All right, you ready? All right, we're back. Uh, I want to thank um, uh, Ryan L. Terry for that ad. Um, he's a teacher, screenwriter teacher at the University of Tampa, and he critiques movies, and he's always interested in coming on other people's podcasts to talk about movies, and I want to thank him for putting that ad in there. Uh, back with Andrew, uh, filming and directing um, and starring, and I want to talk a little bit about Gun, if yeah. I can. Mm-hmm. Um, Gun was came out about a, a year ago. Yeah. It's now available for free on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. You can watch it anytime. I think it's. Uh, I think it might cost something unless that changed. Well, on my my side is free. Okay, as like, long you as have you have Amazon Prime, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Amazon Prime is for free. Mm-hmm. You don't have that extra order. I just for don't. It. So I, I I was thinking I might have to pay for it. Now. <laughs> <laughs> and so I watched it again, and you're the lead star. Your character is Elston Gun. Elston Gun. And um, and uh, if anybody interested, previous episode we did have the writer director CJ on talk mm-hmm. about the film and everything. Um, CJ was right here. He was right here where I'm. Yeah, sitting. yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. <laughs> so I want to talk about um, because you're the you played Elson Gunn in, um, mm-hmm. and what was it like for the character? Because that's a it's a, I don't want to give a lot of information, but it's like a gangster movie. Yeah, yeah, it's like film noir style uh he was i remember uh when he was casting for it he was looking for uh someone who didn't really fit the mold of what had been seen before as you know a up-and-coming gangster type you know he wanted someone a little bit younger because he wanted him to be on the rise yeah and uh just kind of discovering where he fits into this world um and then of course there's the added twist that it's all being shot on on stage on on a stage and then like a sound stage yeah. yeah and then we would uh well it was actually um a theater um that we would uh that we would actually shoot on so there were um chairs so anybody crew wise it wasn't needed right then and there would be usually sitting in the theater seats uh, just kind of watching things going on um but yeah it would be shot around so they could actually film it as a film as an actual <clears throat> theatrical film but they would just maneuver around the uh the actual theater itself so when we would shoot we would you know turn the lights down in the theater all around and start being prepared to shoot so they could film around it completely um but it was actually just on stage of a theater so just existing in that world uh it was really it was really fun i probably will never have an experience like it because of the uniqueness of how we were able to how we were able to pull it off and the character elston is uh He's got he he knows what he wants to do. He knows what he wants. You know he wants. Yeah, there's to a certain direct narrative, like a linear. Mm-hmm. What he he knows he has to do, right? Yeah. yeah, he wants to you know get to that next level. He kind of he wants to get to the top, but he 
doesn't want to overthrow his mentor in the film to which to do that. Um, But he knows that uh, his mentor's days are pretty much numbered um, and he's willing to do what's necessary. uh, But he has some influence from uh, Amanda Day's character um, in how he will be able to. She's kind of like an enabler, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she she's survived um herself through she's she's a powerful character as well because she's found how she can survive in this world and has used that to her advantage oh and yeah you you totally see that in there yeah she yeah. plays it i think she plays it great she's one of my i think my favorite characters to watch is because she plays it brilliantly um with how she just uh really is believable as that character i think she yeah. played herself no i just it's, <laughs> She just she she she's, you know manipulative and you can see her starting to like put the puzzles together. She yeah. had like a puzzle piece all mapped out when the film kind of started, <clears throat> and like those puzzle pieces are starting to get scattered because of uh, what's going on with uh, what's going on in the world that they're in. So she's starting to put new pieces in, and you can see her doing that throughout the film. And and yeah. it's just it's fun because she's kind of mapping it how she wants it to be. I know, and especially your character is it's um, the lead character. There's a sense of reserve to him. Mm-hmm. Even though he's got a high ambition, he's not doing yeah. this. He's got a, his own pace to do it. He he doesn't yeah. want to really have it being done the way it's being done. Um, yeah, he it's not the way he would want it to. But he's kind of just letting the pieces fall where they are, and he he he'll just kind of find his way. He's he doesn't really have an end to <clears throat> excuse me to yeah. any of what he's doing. He doesn't have an end game in sight or an end desire or an objective that he's trying to reach really other than just he knows he wants to be on top but he has no idea how he's going to get there so he's kind of just taking it moment by moment with whatever's happening around him and just reacting he's just reacting basically the entire time um it must have been nice um being an actor to know that you only had to go to one location the entire time mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> it, that was nice this is kind of a sense of a little bit of comfort that you get to go to the same thing and you know the least things would kind of be the same there was when i was there before yeah, yeah. It was it was fun knowing that every day and you knew exactly where you were going and it was only about fifteen minutes away from my place so it was pretty <laughs> simple and every time I would you know I had fifteen minutes to kind of start reviewing the lines in my head a little bit well yeah. until we uh, until I got to the location every time I just enjoyed being able to take off work for two weeks so I could just do what I love for those two weeks straight up and it was my first attempt at taking on a a, a main character a lead role in in a feature film and take him through the entire. Uh, arc of what a character can go through and I was so excited and I'm still grateful to CJ and Sasha for um, casting me in that role to this day because it was like I said there won't be another experience like it I don't think ever but just being able to take a character through the entire experience that he has throughout the film was just uh, so much fun like I I, I I look back I watched it sometimes yeah. like I'll watch scenes and I I think anybody can who's an actor or anybody who's a creative looks back on their work and thinks I could do that so much better now. So I I do that and I'm just yeah. like I'm not I'm not buying my own character or my own performance. But I was I was yeah. still just kinda coming into everything. I was maybe only two years, three years into the business and um I've got another two years, three years under my belt now and I just feel like I'm so much more um, I'd be so much more able to do more than I did at the time. And I'll probably think that two years from now. I hope I'll think that two years from now. I just hope I'll yeah. continue to grow. Yeah, everybody, th- everybody. It's always natural to look back and like, I, w- I want to kind of Yeah, get. that's just yeah. kind of the, the nature yeah. of the beast when it comes to like anything that anyone does creative-wise. They just always want... You want to be able... It's like you got to find a healthy medium. You want to be able to be satisfied with what you're doing. Yeah. But you also 
don't want to be like, oh, that was the best I've ever done. You know, I'll never like that. That was perfect. That was exactly how I wanted to do it. Like you can obviously, cause you want to be satisfied, but I feel like I'm all about healthy mediums. You want to find that healthy medium in between where you're, you are satisfied with what you've done, but you, you, you there's, you want to push the bar a little bit more. You right. Wanna, you want to keep going. Like, I, especially my comic book, there's not, there's not a page where I'm, Actually, I'm um, impressed myself to this whole page. I, right. I always like I could do it a little bit like better. That was perfect. That was exactly what I was going for. Yeah, I'll never. That, I'll do exactly that next time. Yeah, and I think that's what stucks a lot of people being creative. They think there has to be this masterful piece and everything. It, it just just has to be absolute flawless, mm-hmm. and I get stuck on that as well. Yeah. And, and a lot of times, I I bit caught myself. But I think people get up love the process. They don't really want to finish. They love the whole process of constantly creating and that can be highly seductive as well yeah just the 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 beauty that can come from creating something from just from you that you yourself created something and that without you it it wouldn't have you know it it wouldn't exist or it would exist differently i sometimes um tell myself that you know that uh, if i wasn't here if i didn't attempt to start to become an actor you know i am acting i am an actor i'm like i'm pursuing acting i am acting and this is what i'm doing um if I hadn't have done that, someone else would have been that role. And how would they have done it? Like, how would it have been differently? I sometimes catch myself thinking that and, and just thinking like, you know, that it just, it just no, I can relate to every universe where, <laughs> you know, other people are doing the roles that I got. And maybe there's another universe where I get different roles than what I've gotten too. I don't know. I can relate. We just had Jocelyn down here and she's like, wow, you're a comic book artist. Well, yes, yes, yeah. I am. Yeah, it took me a while. That yes, I yes, know, yeah. I am a comic book mm-hmm. artist. Mm-hmm. It's it's hard to think about it that way, but you're absolutely right. <laughs> you just have to. Yeah. I'm I am doing it. I, I'm doing it right now. But you you there's a you want to be able to continue doing it more and like and say yeah. grow upon what you're currently doing on it. Yeah. And get do you ever, better. Do you ever like? Do you ever think about a sequel to Gun? We talked about it. I think yeah. I remember not maybe and not in full seriousness of like this is what we'd want to do. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, we just because I, I could definitely was, without think any film you go on. You think always of just like, like see yeah. on the sequel. <laughs> it always seems to be the case every time. Yeah, I think any movie that ends, you can continue to on right. Mm-hmm. I mean. Uh, Totally. Kurt Vonnegut said, there's no something that's ending. I just stop writing. <laughs> yeah. There is no end. Like, life just continues on and on and on and just keeps going. Yeah. Why can't stories? Yeah. Well, I, that's one of the other things I think people forget is a good ending. I think people forget about a really articulate good ending because mm. you want a satisfied ending. You want a fulfilling and Like, A Quiet Place was a great ending for me. Which one? The A Quiet Place. Oh, The Quiet Place. Yeah. That was a great ending for me. Mm-hmm. And and then the recent movie uh, Midsummer was a great ending for me and I mm. think that fulfills a lot of it because you're like there has to be something that I'm achieving for here there's something that I need Midsummer is that the uh, the, the horror movie yeah I, yeah I started reading the script of that one too recently because uh, oh, really? someone I saw the the little promo that was on Facebook I remember seeing and I was like whoa this is creepy because uh, I'd seen the the first one that the writer director did, I forget his Hereditary, name. Hereditary, yeah, yeah, Ari Aster, yeah. Did, uh, what was the first one that he did? Hereditary. Yeah. Hered- Hereditary, or you just said, yeah. okay. Yeah. Listen, pay attention, Andrew. Um, <laughs> but uh, I saw that one, and it was, you know, really creepy. And I do enjoy creepy, not yeah. so much horror movies, I guess. I do enjoy horror movies, but the uh, the the mind craze ones, the one that really kind of psychologically um, mess with you a bit. And there's something going on. There's something of a... Uh, 
of a unique style that that he brings to it and uh and i met um alex wolf i actually oh really yeah i was uh on a film that was filmed here uh the house of tomorrow um i was nick offerman stand in for about a week and a half no kidding so i got to meet with him um and i got to I, I was a stand-in, so when he was on set, I wasn't, and vice versa. So I didn't it's get kind to, of the weird of being a stand-in, yeah. Yeah, I got to associate with them a little bit, and there was a kind of an unfortunate interaction that I actually just recall now while I'm talking to you, thinking that I could bring that up, and that'd be kind of a fun story, um, <laughs> where he might actually think I'm still kind of a jerk or something. There was anyone who knows me knows I I, I'm, I try and be the nicest guy. Anyone, hopefully, no one thinks I'm a jerk out there, but I I kind of put my foot in my mouth with him. And I was a little starstruck when I first met him, and I and I'd, I said something stupid. I guess I got to say it now, don't I? Well, all right, all right, you build it up, right? Yeah, we need yeah. the payoff, well, right? Okay, so I'm I'm a stand-in, I'm there, okay. um, and I'm with the other two stand-ins, <laughs> and right. we're kind of discussing, you know, just having fun. It's in the living room, and the two uh, other stand-ins are standing in for Alex Wolf and Asa Butterfield. So two, you know, pretty uh, celebrity status, up and coming, yeah. uh, actors, yes. as well. Um, and I got to hang out with them. Actually, I, I okay. made pretty good friends with them. They were the ones that I hung out with more because they weren't on set, you know, at the same time when uh, yeah. when he was. So them, I got to hang out with a lot, and we played games and such, and that was really fun. Um, so anyway, I'm, I'm in that position that I'm in, um, and then uh, Nick Offerman comes around the corner, and I was excited because I knew that I'd be able to at least meet him and you say know hi, say hi and whatever. Right. Um, and he sits down, and I'll get to do my impression of him now too. Because uh, I got to witness him talking a lot, and he talks exactly the same way that he does. I would figure I was in, like, about to ask my next question, right? He yeah. seriously ta- he he sounds and talks exactly like that, so you get exactly what you want out of it too. So he comes around and he's kind of sitting down and hears us, and we all kind of like stay quiet and we're like, "Hi," and he's like, "Hi, um, you wanna you wanna read lines with me?" So he's he's sitting, we're like not sure who he's talking to, and he kind of looks at me and and I kind of freeze for a second, and I'm like. Oh uh, no! I thought you guys were gonna, you know, ad lib the scene. <laughs> I'm thinking I have no idea why I thought that'd be funny. I just was like, I'll make the, you know, the guy who's made me laugh a lot laugh. Um, that was the goal. That yeah, so that was that the was attempt. The like, you guys gonna watch Saturday morning cartoons or something? Like, huh? and he's kind of looking at me with that deadpan stare that he can do, and he's like, "No, I actually was um, asked. Have you ever read lines, done lines before?" <laughs> Sorry, and I'm like. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> totally. So I, I reach out and I take the uh, the sides that he's got. Yep. Um, yeah. And in my mind, panicking in this moment the way that I am, I'm thinking that he would want to maybe stand in his position and read him opposite of the character, read him opposite of the person who's standing in for the character opposite him in the scene. Okay. So I hand the side, he hands me the sides. I hand them to one of the stand-ins who's standing in for like um, uh, Nick... <clears throat> Or, uh, yeah, Alex Wolf's character. That's his okay. brother. Um, and I totally just, as I do it, I'm like, he just handed me the sides. He was actually wanting to run lines with me. I just had the opportunity to run Dude. lines with Nick Offerman and totally just threw it in the toilet and hit flush. <laughs> and you're done. Yeah. Oh, so man. And that, and that was like day two or something. So the rest of the shoot, I was like, this dude hates me. And what I'm made it sorry, even worse, Andrew. no, 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 that's fine. I've been giving myself crap about this ever since, and this is like three years ago. 
every morning I still wake up and I'm like, oh, this is not that bad. I just yeah, I every give morning. myself so much crap about it. If yeah. anything, I thought it would be a funny story to tell on you know podcasts I, and such. So this is the first public speaking I've yeah. done with this. I have something. To, I have something. To, if you want to, be, I have yeah. something totally equivocal. Please take, take the spotlight yeah. off of me right now. So I'm obsessively getting trying to illustrate my book done. Right, I'm spending hours down here in the basement. I don't know how hot it is outside. It could be you know or storming because I'm down here in in the darn dank studio working my book and then my friend my mutual my wife's and I mutual friend I went to school with is he's here because he left some uh, furniture like a you know the backyard chairs whatever right lawn chairs yeah yeah and he's like and my wife just screams down the studio hey your friend's here you want to just say hi and they're like yeah I'll just let me finish this little panel I'll be up there in a second and I get up there and we're talking about projects. Hey, we're, we're doing this backyard project. Yeah, we hired somebody to do that and he's doing his and he's like, and he gets frustrated and he's like, you know, I, it's hard to, when you work on something and you have to stop. And, and I was like, I totally get it. I hate, I, I'm working on my book and then somebody comes here and tells me you know, I have to stop what I'm doing and, oh, I said it right to your face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I had the whole time, I'm not, I don't mean you, come in. And he's like, not well, you, all right, yeah. Anybody else who comes And he's around, like, well, I'll see you I later. He's like, God dang it, I just, oh. <laughs> I haven't seen him in like a year. And then he comes in and he's like, yeah, you interrupt me and I'm working. And that's how I, pers- I didn't mean it to, <laughs> just try and those to, things haunt you. They right. continue to haunt you. I just wanted was to that? share a real, a sh- yeah, talk about how was you were. Was that a while ago or was it? How <laughs> no, long it's ago? just this week. <laughs> oh, okay. I was going to say if it was like a year or two ago, it's still fresh. But yeah, yeah they'll, they'll yeah. stick with you. The, the put your foot in your mouth moments right. really stick with you. At least they do for me because I give myself so much crap. Anytime I like screw up or say the wrong thing. <laughs> And especially in this one sticks with me pretty dominantly because, you know, I've, I've met, a, I've, like, I got to meet uh, Woody Harrelson and Laura Dern when they were here shooting the film that they were Wilson? here for. Yep. Yeah, I um, think it was with the film Wilson, right? Yep, yeah. Wilson. And um, and uh, Woody Harrelson got, like, put his harm on my shoulder, on this shoulder right here, my yeah. left shoulder. I'll always remember. And uh, I got to sit at a table with him and uh, Laura Dern. and. Nice. Um, because my stand-in was late, I was another. I was or my who I was standing in for in the scene was late. I did a bit of standing-in work before, and and yeah. that's fun because you get to be a part of an awesome. I don't know if I really, really want to do it again. So if anybody outside the film industry, a stand-in is somebody who's filling in the spot before the actors arrive because they want to make sure you have the you have yeah. to have the right height and frame yeah. and everything. Yeah, so for I continuity. F- I fit the build for um, Nick Offerman's character somewhat. He's a little. They they wanted someone at least height-wise that would. Uh, that yeah. would fit in for it well enough. Um, and then for the same character. But yeah, I got to sit at a dinner table because the guy, the actor that I was standing in for was late. So I'm looking at a dinner table and Woody Harrelson's immediately right to my left. And uh, Cheryl Hines is like um, opposite me okay. on the table. And then Laura Dern is like right next to her. And then they had a couple other actors playing their children over here. And I'm just like, we can go. Like, I, <laughs> we can just start the yeah, story. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm in. I know yeah. the guy's lines. He's got yeah. like one or two. I've been listening. I've been watching. So standing yeah. work is... is pretty fun and it's made for some awesome stories like i've just said and like some awesome uh experiences yeah. like i got to you know make friends with uh butter like asa butterfield and alex wolf and those guys and it was great um and then um oh crap i forget her forget her name now um maude apatow was yeah. also on there so judd apatow's daughter one of his older oh daughter yeah you said um, Apat- okay yeah so she was on there i think i'm getting her name right yeah i think it's maude Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I met her and everything, so I should know. We're best friends. <laughs> but no, I got to chat with her about uh her uh their her cats, her fam like her uh 
her sister's got a cat and she's got a cat and I talked about my cat. So it was really fun, like hanging out with people who have reached the you know level of success that they have and, and all those guys and even got like their numbers, their personal numbers and everything. So we even got yeah. to chat with them a little bit afterwards. So I felt really like that was exciting and then it died out after a while. But, but yeah, that experience with uh, Nick Offerman just set the tone for the rest of the shoot after that. That's what I was going to say is that same day he bought, um, he bought Chicago style, uh, like catering for everybody. A guy who wow. was on like uh, one of one of the rea- one of the cooking reality shows. It's a guy who's like a big barbecue. Okay. Uh, famous for like his barbecue or something. He'd been on one of the the Food Network shows. He came there with his big truck and he supplied food for everybody on that exact same day. So I'm sitting there in line like I don't deserve this. Like I don't deserve the food that he just bought for everybody. He thinks I'm a jerk. I actually talked to childhood friends of his that were in line behind me yeah. and I tried to console with them through the experience. I was like like ah, I, 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 I think uh I think it's like yeah, we've known him since we were kids. We went to college I think together. And I tried to tell them and confess to them, hoping that maybe they would <laughs> tell no. him and that he would be like, "Oh, it's fine." I did end up apologizing later on multiple times. I actually um was sitting down with him and asked i was like i like i just want to say sorry about the other day like i kind of put my foot in my mouth i i just i feel like an idiot i didn't really know what to say i wasn't expecting to see you and he said something on the lines of like well you're in good company <laughs> so that was that's where, that's so that was it yeah. so at least i felt that made me feel a yeah. little bit better but right. i wasn't sure what he meant exactly at the time but yeah <laughs> that was that was that experience i forget what you asked me that got me onto that trick but sorry about that we'll because, go back We'll go back. It was it was I rolled into a different direction. I think. <laughs> and so even I I forget because I think you and I are kind of the same. Our mouth is working faster than our brain. Sure. Yeah, well, that happens. To and I sometimes. fumble all the time talking or or writing. And mm-hmm. I I do it on our our Facebook account. I do it on our Instagram account. It's grammatically screwed up because I know what to say and I get it out, but my brain works slower than my hands because right. I type in it out, do, 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 do. And then I look at it like, what? I don't, what? That, that doesn't even make sense <laughs> to me. Right. So I kind of, you can proofread when you write it out in something before anyone sees it, when you're just speaking, yeah, like public speaking or something, you just got to roll with what you're saying and hope it's making sense. <laughs> and well, even with this podcast, it's, it's a hard discipline for me because I got a thousand things I wanted to ask and it's hard to just slow yourself down. And, yeah. Sorry yeah. if I've taken up too much time to what no, you you're able <laughs> to get to questions that you wanted to ask. <laughs> you're the guest. You get to run the, yeah, you're a little bit, uh, you get to navigate it too. Okay. <laughs> so is there like a, a before we, we had a couple minutes left, is there a certain like a genre of movies that you really do like, or do you like sci-fi? Do you like comedies or horrors? Or are you, are you kind of person that can watch all of it? I can watch all of it. Yeah. Uh, if I would want to select something myself specifically, it usually gears towards uh, sci-fi. Um, like really? Most of my favorite films are like, you know, the Ghostbusters, Back to the Future, Star Wars. Um, I, I love the Star Trek series and movies as well too. Like I, I very much am a, a, like a, a fanboy of sci-fi and those kind yeah. of genres as well. I do love dramas like, you know, Braveheart and things like that and Gladiator, those kind of movies, action movies in that way too, but uh, dramas as well. But yeah, sci-fi seems to be a personal favorite of mine. That's what, when I was growing up, my my dad uh, always loved watching. Like I said, my, my yeah. shout out is to dedicate this one for my family because they all had um, one way, shape, or form 
kind of paved the way for me to be where I'm at now. So my dad introduced me to all those movies when I was younger, Back to the Future and Star Wars, and what first got me in love with movies. So sci-fi was kind of what I first gravitated towards. Yeah, yeah. Uh, does a girlfriend get you least started to dance? To, well, sh- not, yeah. not, not Irish dance? Not Irish dance. I'd be probably, I'd be horrible, I'm sure. <laughs> but um, we actually, my sister, uh, yeah. both of my, I have two older sisters, and they kind of went more into an artistic kind of, kind of form as well too my oldest sister Teresa uh lives with her husband out in fort wayne indiana and they both run a dance studio out there oh both of them together yeah they both wow. uh, well she started ballroom dancing out here um uh, working at an arthur murray dance studio and she would go and compete in different parts of the country and she ended up meeting her husband uh while she was competing somewhere and they like to tell the story that when he saw her he literally fell because he was walking up the stairs and I think fell when he saw her. So that's a cute little story that they always like to tell. Um, but she ended Boom. up becoming a ballroom dancer and they run the studio and Arthur Murray studio out there together in Fort Wayne, Indiana. So they've wow. all, they go and compete. They uh, teach out there. They do it all. And um, they're just a wonderful group of people. And then my other sister, Michelle, who lives here with her husband, Eric, and my first niece or nephew, like my first niece, Nola, yeah. uh, they live here in the Twin Cities and she is, she works in a hair salon and she like runs her own hair salon too. So she, um, they, we all three of us deal in some kind of artistic way. Yeah. And, and I, I, I just love that I was able to find my own. Finally, it took a little bit to get to, to get to that as well too, but yeah. So you're not the dancing kind of type. That's right. I was like, how did I get to that? This is again, I was trailing off again. My sister is a dancer. We did, my yeah. girlfriend and I, we did visit them in Fort Wayne, Indiana. We took one of their dancing classes. So we had okay. a few uh, ballroom dancing yeah. lessons. Uh, I forget the styles to which we actually learned, but no, I never, I, I, I don't think I would want to do the Irish dancing because it is so intense and it is, seeing right. it done. I, I applaud all the guys who were in the show when we were in Bush Gardens. Those guys are unbelievable and the ladies too, of course. But uh, I applaud guys who, want to go a non-traditional road let's not like that's so athletic how they what they do yep. um there's a nfl running back i forget who he played i think he's on the baltimore raisins i forget his name um i had him on my fantasy team last year and he did okay uh but he's a irish he credits irish dancing for keeping him in shape the, yeah, the strength in his legs and his uh, leg muscles and he he does that so every time he scores a touchdown he does a little irish jig you gotta be kidding um, me, really. he does he yeah. really does that's how he celebrates i forget uh, i forget his name but he, uh, yeah, he was one of the um, one of their top running backs last year for the for the Ravens. But I, I wouldn't be able to do what those guys do. I wanted to say like I give a shout out to the guys doing it because I felt that being teased and made fun of deterred me from wanting to do those kind of things, theater yeah. work and dancing and whatever I felt I wanted to do. So I applaud um, any fellas I see who have stuck with it as long as they have and maybe plowed through a lot of the. Uh, a lot of the scrutiny and say teasing well, that they might have gotten. I think I read a bio about uh, Mickey Rourke and Eric Roberts, and mm. they they from New York City, and they love theater and acting, and they got along well because you couldn't talk about that with your friends in New York. Hey, yeah. what are you, you're pretty boy? Oh, yeah. you're, you're big, want to be famous, and yeah. and then finally, you know, like there's no, no, I didn't have any friends because they won't, you know, they're all stealing cars, yeah. and motorheads. They had no interest in movies or anything, you know. So it they, they got along great, and they they were I think they still are friends, and that'd but, be awesome. Yeah, that, it, but yeah, they, you find they, that they talk about how they they, that, they got, appreciate what you're doing and like want yeah. to be a part of what you're doing and will encourage what you're doing. So, so yeah. I, I I had a bit of that growing up, but not a lot. Well, with me in high school, I would never tell anybody I'm still collecting comic books. You would never tell anybody. Yeah. 
it's it seems more teenager. of an acceptable thing now, now. it's now it's acceptable but you would never you but i know exactly what you mean like back you then, would get it, thrown in the closet mm-hmm. if you told everybody yeah i still collect comic books what mm-hmm. the hell's grow up yeah <laughs> you live in your parents basement yeah <laughs> yeah but that's not the point oh do you want well but outside of creativity you know you like music do you ever th- think about that like doing an instrument or well, i did when i was younger in school like i said i excelled yeah. in anything creative i uh played saxophone when i was younger in jazz band and such and then had a little garage band with a couple of buddies where i played bass and sang um i do i do enjoy singing i'm still working on being able to sing well i could sing in front of people like one of the first things right. i did i was the scarecrow in a wizard of oz um, theater show and I had to sing and dance with that one and I always with hate very, coming out of you right yeah yeah I, I was always like I always kept it close to me like I didn't want to show people too much and I remember my two sisters when they came to see me because I'd always went to their shows when I was younger when they yeah. came to see me and this is only like uh, four or five years ago now um, they both said when I started singing and dancing the scarecrows um, you know his his ever like if I only had a brain you know like that right um, they looked at each other like did you know you could do this like they were so freaked out that all of a sudden their brother was doing this um so i do i do love to sing and actually my girlfriend is helping me get over fears of um like singing in front of people because i i i feel i do have a decent voice i really do but i i just i I still have that fear of being made fun of for that because it would have been when i was younger so i'm trying to overcome that she's helping me do so i think she posted a facebook video a while back where i recorded myself singing uh songs from one of my favorite musicals les mis and she said can i post this because i would really love to you know let right, people yeah. know and help you get over that and i'm like yeah because i would love to maybe include that in my arsenal and see if i could maybe go back to theater if i found the time to do so and or even do a musical if i ever got lucky enough right because theater is a different act and that's out right that's it's not a little more intimate i mean you have to yeah. make sure the people in the back can hear you and mm, it's a, lo- yeah. a little more projecting you have to do everything a little bit bigger and there's yeah. a lot more uh, complexities to it than just that but that's in a nutshell a, a bit of the differences between the two all right nice nice well andrew we're out of time man cool yeah. this is fun right yeah let's all right so that was just a practice round let's go back and try it again here we go now right, we know, take 40 right now we now we know what we want to say and don't want to say why you say take 40 all the time <laughs> but uh if you didn't know um it's not over till the guest says it's over so i gotta say it's over <laughs>